Father, we bless your holy name and we thank you so much for loving us, Heavenly Savior. You are highly exalted over and above each and everything, King of Glory. I want to pray that you continue coming and exalting yourself in our lives, King of Glory and King of Majesty. Even as we continue seeking you in prayer and fasting, I want to pray that your power and your glory will come, Lord, and abide in our lives because of who you are. Father, sit in our lives and teach us that, that we've gotten to do, that we shall not strive even as we fast, that we shall not strive for King of Glory. We shall not seek to be better than others, neither shall we seek to be loved by you more than you love us, but we shall seek to be led of you in the spirit and in this prayer and fasting, that it shall make us more humble and meek than we can ever possibly be. We bless you, Lord. We worship you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed and believed. Amen, amen, amen. A blessed day, my dear friend, wherever you're picking this message from. Uh, my name is uh, David Kagwa that is reaching you with the message of Christ um, for the glory of the name of the Lord Almighty. Now, we started teaching about um, this uh, very, very um, pertinent and important subject of fasting in our lives. And uh, yesterday, we got to know the right approach to uh, fasting, or we introduced it. And I talked about the absolute fast, where you basically are not eating or drinking anything. And we explained that in detail. And we also talked about the partial fast, or what you could call the Daniel fast Um that that we also looked at yesterday and uh, we said we were going to continue with this teaching even up to um to even today uh, which we could which could actually possibly actually certainly i am certain now that it's going to extend to tomorrow since i don't want to do very very long teachings now today we are going to start with another way to approach fasting or another type of fasting which i've chosen to call the disciples fast or um, what you could uh, uh, what, what you, you could call a, a spiritual warfare fast. That is basically what you can call it. Now Matthew chapter 17 verse 21 is our uh, passage of focus uh, right now on that particular uh, type of fast. Matthew 17 21. Matthew 17 21. <clears throat> this is what it reads. Uh, verse 21, actually, it is better to take it from verse 14 uh, for us to get the proper context. The Bible says in verse 14, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Uh, Lord, have mercy on my son. He said he has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and a perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he, uh, and he was healed at uh, that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why wouldn't we uh, drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing would be impossible for you. Now, if you have NIV, you don't actually have that verse on, um, you know, in the main text. You're going to have it as, um, uh, as a footnote. Verse 21 uh, says, uh, uh, says, 
uh, that some manuscripts include here words similar to Mark 9.29. Now, the verse that I want to quote uh, deliberately, I chose Matthew, is in Mark chapter 9, verse 29. If you have NIV, that is how you're going to find that verse. It is in Mark chapter 9, verse 29, and it says, it says, he replied, this kind cannot come out only by prayer. Praise the Lord. Now, there are people who argue that NIV is a bad Bible just because it doesn't have Matthew 17, 21. <laughs> that is very laughable, just like I've just <laughs> done. It's very laughable. Let me tell you, friends, the Bible wasn't written in English, neither was it written in any other uh, local language. The Bible in the New Testament was written in Greek, and therefore, um, it was there was a requirement that it had to be translated. Now, the Bible originally was written on what we call manuscripts or scrolls. Now, they went on discovering some of these as time went on, as time um, went on. Now, when some people think that um, KJV is better, by the way, let me tell you, NIV, as far as the current translations that we have, are concerned, NIV is the best translation that we have. I will tell you that as a scholar. Why? Because unlike KJV and um, um, KJV that borrows, hev borrows heavily from Tyndale, uh, unlike KJV, there were new manuscripts that were, there were other manuscripts that were discovered later on, which were much more older, and older is better, you see, that had a lot of details. And therefore, those kind of um, manuscripts, those kind of manuscripts did not, um, did not have that particular verse. But it doesn't mean that NIV is a demonic Bible, like I've heard some people say, and like what I've seen them write. It doesn't mean that at all, my brother. The original manuscripts and scrolls did, did <laughs> neither had uh, chapters, nor did they have verses. Just just understand these things. And we have, if you have your NIV, you don't have to burn it like some pastor did at some point. These guys need to go to school so they can understand these things. I'm being very humble by saying that, friend. Don't burn your Bible. There is nothing wrong with NIV. Nothing wrong with it as, as uh, at all. Okay. What was the essence of this verse? The people who claim that it is a very powerful verse, it concerns a spiritual warfare and fasting. That is why it is not there. That is a demonic ploy to get it out of the Bible. Friends, you need to understand the context of the scripture here. Jesus um, was dealing with spiritual warfare at this particular point. And what was happening was that they brought him a young man, just like we read, for healing. Uh, actually, they initially brought the young man to the disciples for healing, who could not heal him as it were at that point. Now, later, what happened was that what happened was that this man <laughs> went to Jesus himself, the father of the boy, and said, "Why, uh, my my boy may end up dying." Disciples, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm I think I just have to go directly to your boss. I'm sorry, whatever that may cause you, I'm really sorry, but I simply have no choice but to go to the Lord. When he brought the boy to the Lord, Jesus did not pray for leprosy. If you're careful, you're going to realize that the disciples were dealing with, um, they were dealing with uh, fits. They were dealing with, sorry, not leprosy, but they were dealing with fits. You see, uh, they were dealing with seizures. NIV calls it seizures. They were dealing with seizures. But the issue wasn't seizures. If we look at what Jesus did, he rebukes a demon, meaning these seizures were as a result of 
a demon or demonic oppression. So Jesus rebukes this demon. Now later, the disciples went to Jesus and they said, why couldn't we rebuke this? Why couldn't we heal the boy? And Jesus said, because of your little faith, but even much more so because of um, the, the fact that such kind of issues cannot go without fasting. You get that? Now, what did Jesus mean here? Jesus was dealing with demonic oppression, casting it away, and therefore he was dealing with spiritual warfare here, 3-1-1. So that verse basically refers to spiritual warfare and um, demon casting. That is what he means. He says this particular type of thing cannot be dealt away with except when you fast. Now, this type of fasting, in other words, what Jesus means here, um, gives us perspective about fasting. The type of fasting he's speaking about here is fasting for spiritual warfare or fasting for you to be able to, uh, you know, um, engage in this kind of warfare and cast away this kind of spirits. Praise the Lord. So one way to approach fasting is fasting for the sake of engaging in spiritual warfare. For example, a pastor like myself, you're not going to do a crusade in a, a place that has a very... Um, highly charged spiritual environment with demonic presence without fasting. That is what he means there. Like we have a crusade here in a chief of my prayer for us in the last week um, of, 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 of uh, in the Holy Week. That is April 11th to April 16th. We are going to be having a mega crusade here and door-to-door -door mission and achievement for Jesus. That is what we've called it. That kind of thing, given the type of place where I am right now, you need to engage in spiritual warfare. You need to engage in, in, in fasting before you get in there. Now, let me clarify something here. There are people who want to apply this to fasting across the board. That is wrong. This verse does not apply to all types of fasting, not at all. It's just one type of fasting that applies to spiritual warfare. You often hear people who say, if you don't fast, things will not move. Now, these kind of things do not work. That things do not work if you don't fast. He did mean everything. Jesus particularly meant spiritual warfare. You cannot engage in spiritual warfare if your life is not accustomed to fasting. That is what he meant in that particular situation, uh, my dear friend. That is what he meant. Secondly, the other way of approaching fasting is what I call the Samuel fast. The Samuel fast or a fast of repentance. The Samuel fast is basically a fast of repentance. We approach fast if you're uh, you approach uh, fasting if you are seeking repentance from the Lord about particular things like we shall be learning. In First Samuel chapter 7, you get to realize that the children of Israel had messed up big time with the Lord. And therefore, to get back to the Lord, it necessitated fasting under this man, prophet Samuel. And that is why we call it the Samuel fast or a fasting of repentance. They had gone into war against the will of the Lord, and they had carried the Ark of the Covenant into war, and God permitted that the Ark of the Covenant could be taken by the Philistines. You see that? And when it was taken, what actually resulted was, um, uh, was, was that um, God was able to deal with um, Dagon, who, who is the God of uh, the Philistines, um, but 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 you could see that his power was present, but you could see that he gave them away into what? Into battle. They lost that particular battle. You understand that? So later on, 
uh, after some time, about 20 years, when the ark had been taken, and what actually happened was that they realized that they had gone into sin by worshiping other gods or going into idolatry. Now, to get back to the Lord, um, Samuel led them into um, repentance, which necessitated fasting as well. Let me just read it verbatim uh, right here in um, 1 Samuel chapter 7. Let me take it from verse for my dear friend, the Bible says, So the Israelites put away their pearls and asterisks and served the Lord um, only. Let me take it from verse, actually, verse, uh, let me take it from verse, um, let me take it from verse 1. So the men of Kiriath Jealim came and took up the ark of the Lord. They brought it to Abinadab's house on the hill and consecrated Eliezer, his son, to guard the ark of the Lord. The ark remained at Kiriath Yalim a long time, 20 years in all. Then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. So Samuel said to all the Israelites, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Ashtaroths, and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their bars and Ashtaroths and served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they are assembled at Mizpah, they do water, pour it out before the Lord. That's a sign of repentance among the Jews. On that day, they fasted and they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as leader of Israel at Mizpah. Praise the Lord. So you can basically see that what they were doing was repentance. And as they went before the Lord, they cried out before him with fasting. You can see that actually the name Lord that is used here shows you that they had regained a relationship with God through repentance. The name Lord there means the covenant keeping, redeeming God. You, you see that? He is the redeeming covenant keeping God basically there. So you, you, you can see that we can approach fasting uh, for, 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 for purposes of repentance. Personally, I walked into a lot of sin before I came to the Lord. And actually, even in my early days of salvation, I was struggling with um, um, habits like masturbation and pornography. But friend, one way I was able to break out was through prayer and fasting. So that is what you do. That is what you do, or that is how you approach fasting. It really, really, really works. So don't think that fasting is approaching basically one way, or you're simply praying for power. You rarely find people fasting for the sake of getting right with God. We are fasting to get cars. We are fasting to pass exams. We are fasting to build new houses. We are fasting for healing. And I'm not saying that is wrong, but ideally I'm saying this dominates our prayer life, our fasting life, and we need to check uh, to check that. Uh, next is what I call the widow's fast. The widow's fast or fasting for the sake of others. Friends, um, that is also a type of fast. Now, you remember the story in First Kings chapter 17, uh, that story that concerns Elijah and God taking care of him for some time and then later on commissioning him to go to a particular widow that was meant to take care of him. And the widow didn't have much food. She had a little bit of um, a, a, a dove that she was preparing to eat and die with her son. You remember that? So that 
when the, the, the widow abstained from that food for spiritual reasons of taking care of the man of God, friend, that was a type of fasting. And this is why I told you that fasting can be for a limited period of time, not just what we want in our generation, claiming, you know, I'm going for four days dry, 10 days dry. You're going to die for no reason. Because oftentimes we want to show that we are very spiritual. We want to... <laughs> <laughs> this is actually right for me to say because there is something that I don't want to tell you. But <laughs> anyway, I fast even when I didn't want to tell you that. And I do those kind of fasts. So it is good for a person like me to tell you that because then you're going to think I'm unspiritual. If someone that doesn't fast teaches you this, then you're going to think they are, they, are, they, are, they are simply unworthy. They are simply, they are simply fallen. But fasting doesn't make us better than others, friend. Fasting doesn't make God love you any better than he should have loved you. You see, if God loved you before he died for you on the cross, then how better can he love you uh, if you fast? <laughs> it, it, it can't be any better. Let me just read this verbatim uh, right here in First uh, uh, Kings chapter 17. Uh, let me read that. Uh, let me take it uh, there. First uh, Kings chapter uh, 17. Um, the Bible says, let me take it from verse 7. Sometime later, the brook dried up. You know, he had been fed uh, uh, at, at the brook and he had been fed by ravens. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've instructed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get, uh, to get it, he called, And bring me please a piece of bread. Now, he's not just <laughs> talking of bread here, but food, because um, bread is basically the staple food of the Jews. As surely uh, as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jar. I'm gathering a few sticks to, to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Very hopeless situation. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as I've, I've said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make some something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used, used up and the jar of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Friends, if you realize the lady was abstaining from the little food that she had, there wasn't enough even for the two of them, but now there's a third mouth. And this is a hungry prophet that should actually have eaten some quite some amount. You see? So when the widow abstained from eating this food, that was a type of fasting because we defined fasting and we said it is a spirit-led relationship of commitment to God through prayer. And you see, of a believer, 
you know, leading them to the level of abstaining from food or drink in a way that the Spirit of God will lead them. Now, in this particular way, this lady was fasting, even if she could have kept anything small to, to herself. You see that? But the point here is, it is a type of fast that lets you sacrifice on behalf of others. Friends, fasting is not simple about us. Let me tell you, I've worked with organizations, and I still do, uh, that receive a lot of donor funds. And um, this is how some of these people get their money. This is how some organizations raise money. They are old women and men and people, young and old, that are foregoing food uh, such that they can send that money to Africa and South America and Latin America and places of that nature. In France, there are people that forego food because they are fasting. And therefore, they get the money that they should have spent on food, save it, and after some time, they send it here. You know, $5,000, $500, that kind of thing. You see? And then you find people that are working in those organizations. What? Uh, <laughs> you know, squandering, either squandering that money or embezzling it. What kind of cars are you going to get, you think? A terrible one. You see that? Friends, even in Uganda here, if believers can stand and you're like, how much money could I have eat, eat, spent on food if I was eating during this time of fasting? You're like, so much money. You see? And then you're like, we can pull these resources together and we can be able to set up an NGO that is totally funded by Ugandans to take care of the poor, take care of uh, children that are destitute, uh, take care of the education. It is possible. Friends, you can fast to take care of others. You can fast to pray for others. You can fast on behalf of others. And then there's what we call the Esther fast. The uh, Sorry, not the Esther fast. That we did yesterday. The Ezra fast. The Ezra fast is uh, such a type of fast of personal dedication uh, during times of danger or um, immense commitment. Uh, that is what... Uh, and Ezra fast is Ezra in Ezra chapter 8 and verse 23. Actually, you can take it from 20. These people were traveling from Babylon and they were going back to their land. Many of these Jews had never been to Israel, had never been to Jerusalem, and they were going for the first time. Remember, they had been in captivity for 70 years. So, if your father go begot you, uh, say in uh, in in the in, in the 30th year of of captivity eh? in the 30th year of captivity you would only be 40 years you'll be 40 years an adult that had never been to their land so they were going over there and remember they were returning there were no cars there were no mobile phones no security no guns and yet there were lots of you know asylums along the way and thugs and uh, and madras and this is where we, we 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 find jesus later speaking about the story of the good samaritan because someone had attacked uh, this man and killed him look at what ezra says in ezra chapter 8 in verse uh, 20. the bible teaches and says um um ezra chapter 8 let me take it from verse um 21. there by the Ahava canal i proclaimed the fast so that we might humble ourselves before our god and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies of the road, because we are told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him. 
but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. Praise the Lord. What Ezra is basically saying here is that, you know what? Um, we had asked for permission, and they gave us permission. But when the permission came, um, reality sank in. We realized that we are going to treat a very dangerous journey and ground, and therefore we needed protection. But we are not willing to go back to the king or emperor and ask him for protection. Why? Initially, we told him we are going back to our land. Our God is the, the, the Lord of Lords. He's going to take care of us. How then can I go back and ask for security? No way. When they were afraid and scared, what they did was they determined to pray and go before the presence of the Lord in fasting. On their behalf, on behalf of their children and their property. You hear that, my friend? Friends, there are times you need to go to God because you're getting into a new season in life. You're going to get married. You're scared. You don't know what is coming. You're changing jobs. You don't know what is coming. Ministers, fellow ministers, instead of getting worked up with the bishop because he has transferred you, <laughs> commit yourself to prayer and fasting. Those are good times to fast and seek the will of the Lord and you know, invoke his hand upon your life in the protection and so on and so forth. You, you, you see that, friend? When you're not you know, certain about things in life and you're scared, that is a good time to fast, friends, and that is what I had today. Father, I want to pray that you teach us the right way to fast and the right approach, O King of Glory, that we shall uh, forever be directed by you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for my brothers, my sisters, and everyone that has been following this teaching, that God will empower you through fasting and fasting the right way, not to exalt ourselves, not to put others down, and not to seek our own will. Instead, we should seek the will of the Lord and at some point, even that of others. May God bless you. If you don't know Christ, tell him, Lord, I surrender my life to you in salvation. I declare that I'm born again. Feed me with your Holy Spirit and help me to fast the right way. Take my sin and give me the power to overcome my temptation, my flesh, the world, and the devil that reigns therein. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. God bless you.